Welcome everyone back to an incredible show for the Florida Keys Weekly Show and Podcast this week. I'm Britt Myers, your host over here at the Keys Weekly Media Center here in Key West. And before we talk about an amazing guest today, I'll give you a hint, Grammy Award winning guest. I uh, want to thank our people in Radio Land for tuning in over at WKWF FM 103.3 AM 1600, all 7 AM Saturday and Sunday mornings for you early risers and the Sunday morning crowd. FM WKEY 93.7 FM. Thank you guys. Of course, this podcast, so many others, and these shows you can find on every podcast platform from Apple to Spotify to Amazon, you name it. Just look for the Florida Keys Weekly podcast or show there. It'll pop right up. And I want to thank my sidekick today, Mason Benitez, is here, and she's producing the show for the first time. So uh, we're going to have a good time together. And what a first show for Mason and I to do because in just a few moments – the one and only Warren Haynes will be calling in to join us on the show. He is an eight-time Grammy nominee. He has won a Grammy. He's played for three of the greatest live performing bands of all time, and that's very much arguably with anybody if you want to go out there and make that argument. That's the Allman Brothers, the Grateful Dead. Of course, his band, Government Mule, which will come down to Key West and play live here on October 18th with Old Crew Medicine Show. That's going to be a, a concert you do not want to miss. If you kind of know Warren Haynes' name, if you sort of have heard him before but don't know much, all you have to do is just Google, start listening, and if you live under a rock and don't know him, you'll listen to about two songs and be hooked. Or you'll see that he's collaborated with every major musician you've ever heard of, from country to southern rock to rock and roll, even some hip-hop here and there, some different things, and realize he's played with everyone, not because he calls them up and says, hey, let me play with you, because Warren Haynes is a guy uh, named by Rolling Stone as one of the top 100 guitarists of all time, and that's just his guitar abilities. And when you hear his vocals, he's the guy they call and won't on stage with them. It's sort of a rite of passage. There's really been only one other guy or artist and really his wife. We did not have her on, but those two is, is Derek trucks. And of course his wife, Susan, but we had Derek on here a few months back. And of course we brought up Warren Haynes in that conversation and guys like Derek who are regarded as guitar geniuses, prodigies. And you ask those guys and they're all very humble who they look up to, of course, B.B. King comes up, but Warren Haynes' name always comes into the mix. And so to have him come on this show today and give us, a, give us a little bit of time here before he makes his way down with Government Mule. And again, that band, we're talking to Warren, that band is loaded from top to bottom with some of the best musicians you will ever hear. Much like that Tedeschi Trucks band that came to Key West and blew everyone away. And some people didn't really know a lot about them Mason, when they came down, and all I've heard since Tedeschi Trucks came, people went to that show and they said, I can't wait for them to come back. It's the best show I've ever seen live, which is a pretty big compliment considering who comes through here and all the people who live here and have seen great shows across the country and the world. That one blew people away. The reason I'm referencing that show, of course, Derek knows Warren very well. They played together in the Allman Brothers. And I'm sure, as we will hear, Warren and Derek will tell you, was a big part of Derek's life. Um, I referenced that because this show, Government Government Mule at the Key West Amphitheater or, the, or, or at the uh, uh, show on October 18th, it will be 
one that people remember and talk about uh, for, for years to come. So you don't want to miss it. For tickets, go to the Key West Amp, AMP, thekeywestamp.com. And if you don't wait too long, you can grab tickets for that show. So here we are, Florida Keys Weekly Show. I'm Brett Myers, and we're getting ready for Warren Haynes to call in right now. So welcome, everyone, and let's, let's buckle up, have a great time, and uh, spend a few moments here with the legendary Warren Haynes. And now joining us on the Florida Keys Weekly Show is the legendary one and only Warren Haynes. Warren, on behalf of everyone here in Key West, or at least everyone I've spoken to and the buzz around here that is anticipating you and Government Mule coming down here on October 18th is incredible. And I I know we all can't wait to see you. So thank you for taking the time to join us real quick here today on the show. Absolutely. And so I want to start by asking you, as we gear up for the October 18th show, um, I'm curious because I know in the early days, everyone knows sort of your history and you toured or, or you, you were playing with David Allen Coe. I know he used to run around down here, down in the Keys quite a bit in riding and, and doing whatever David does. Um, but have you been down to Key West before? Are the Keys? Have you played down here or just come down to visit uh, in, in your yeah, past? Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, uh, as you mentioned, I, I played with David Allen Coe when I was a kid. I think I was. 19 or, or 20 when I joined his band mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know much about him at the time I didn't know his music didn't know his lifestyle and I had no idea that he was living at that time in Big Pine Key yeah, uh, and had a warehouse in Key West and so yeah I came down there several times we rehearsed down there we actually played a show on Duval Street one time. No way. Like a, a, a free show just set up uh, on the docks, on the loading dock of his warehouse, playing out to the street. Um, and uh, surprisingly enough, uh, Greg Allman joined us that day and sat in for uh, a few songs. Which, and that was the first time I ever played with Greg Allman. I had met him prior to that when we were in the recording studio uh he and dickie betts came by the studio uh and and hung out which kind of blew my mind again i was 19 at this time (laughs) and uh and then so i was down in, in key west you know four or five times in the early 80s but since then i think i've only been back one time and it was a long time ago so it's changed so much i can't wait to see what it's all about man that i got chill bumps i did not expect that answer so about what year would have that have been just you and Dwayne and david in some bar down here it'd be incredible to know, to know which one but about what year <laughs> would you guys just happen to be playing in a bar if somebody's walking by and sees warren haynes and <laughs> greg allman uh, and david playing <laughs> yeah i mean that would have been uh i guess 1980 Wow. That's incredible. Now I have to be upfront. I'm a nineties kid from the Atlanta area. Um, I get the opportunity, not that I'm great at it, but I love doing it to interview some, some, some really interesting people and performers. I'm going to be upfront with you. I'm a fan. This is a fanboy moment for me. I grew up on you. Um, obviously black crows and Kevin with driving and crying and on and on and on, but guys like you, uh, Angie Aparo, Derek, Derek trucks, um, just 
Huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I've got to talk to both of those guys. So you're sort of my trinity. So I'm going to just kind of stop after this one. Um, so I appreciate you doing it. But I'm a big fan. And so I, um, I'm excited to get a couple questions in with you here. Um, but for those that are not like me and not huge fans, they maybe live under a rock. And there's those people here in Key West. And they go figure out who you, who you are once you guys show up in Government Mule, as I'll talk to Warren Haynes here. Um, but if they don't know you... Some people put the Southern rock label on you guys, the jam, you know, the jam band label early on. Although, you know, you guys have done so many different things, the blues or even bluegrass. Like when I saw you here at the Fillmore in Miami on that ashes to dust tour. Um, But when it comes to government mule, how would you explain that sound and that music? How does Warren Haynes explain that sound to maybe the casual fan who doesn't know much about you? Well, you know, it's hard to describe your music, but uh, let's start by saying that in 1994, uh, Government Mule was started as a side project to the Allman Brothers. Myself and Alan Woody were full-time members of the Allman Brothers, had been since 1989, and uh, we had plenty of time since the Allman Brothers only worked half the year. We had the, the other half of the year to do whatever we wanted, so we decided to do something for fun, which turned into Government Mule. We had no idea it was going to take off and become a real band. We were just initially going to make one low-budget record, do a short tour behind it, and then go back to our lives. But things kind of caught fire, and and it turned into its own thing, and and here it is now uh, all these years later. Our our first record came out in 95, you know, and, and so... We, uh, you know, we in the beginning, our influences were Jimi Hendrix and uh, Cream and mm-hmm. bands uh, like that, that we considered power trios. We were a trio. We felt like nobody was doing that improvisational rock trio thing, and we wanted to kind of bring that back. But, uh, again, it was just... Uh, something we thought we were going to do for fun in our spare time. Um, with each record, as we stayed together, we brought more and more of our influences in. You know, and So we're influenced by rock music, blues, jazz, soul music, mm-hmm. uh, reggae music, as you mentioned, even some country music, not what I would consider today's country music, right. but uh, uh, we just combine all of our influences together and take a jazz philosophy to to our music, meaning that, you know, we're moment by moment creating the songs differently uh, on a nightly basis. If you hear a song tonight and you hear it a week from now, they won't necessarily be the same version. Uh, A lot of improvisation. And, you know, we've been able to to build an audience of like-minded people, of people that have a lot of different tastes, in music and like to see the excitement of a, a live show where you don't know what's going to happen. Did you ever expect, you know, back from 94 till now, I know, I know you were with the Almond brothers at the time and you've played with everybody. You've played everywhere. You're the guy everybody wants to be on stage with at some point. You're sort of a rite of passage, but did you ever expect government mule to be what it is today back in those days? Or was it just a side project for fun and you thought this will last a little while and I'll keep doing my things? Or or did you kind of think, yeah, this is going to be big? Yeah, no, we went into it with no expectations. Uh, it was strictly for fun. 
and we had no idea how quickly uh, it, it would take off. Um, you know, we we did our first record. It came out, and Rolling Stone said it was the 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 best offshoot of a major band since Hot Tuna came out of the Jefferson Airplane, which, wow. as we all know, was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, um, but it, it, it was unexpected, but we were having a great time, and, and so we just kind of took one step at a time and made every decision based on what seemed the most fun for us. You know, there were no, mm-hmm. there was no pretension involved, no second guessing no pre-planning we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants well you know it goes back to you for those again that that maybe again live under a rock and don't know the magnitude of who you are and i know how humble you are so for me to say these things but they're true and you've recorded at places like muscle shoals and bears bearville and theaters like the apollo fillmore capital you've talked about a lot of those places in different interviews um and you've played all over the world and I think about you coming down here to Key West. I'm not trying to lump us in there, but just a guy like you that's been to all these places and these venues, and you get questions like this a lot. But is there anywhere you haven't really played yet that you think, or maybe somewhere that people wouldn't think that you do play that still has something special that maybe doesn't get the recognition like that, that you go into and think, yeah, I can't wait to get back there again, or it just means something something a little extra to you? Well, we uh, are looking at maybe playing in Iceland, which I think would be a blast. I've, I've never been there, never played there, uh, never played in uh, New Zealand, which is another place that I would love uh, to go. Uh, the only state in America I've never been to is Alaska. So I, I'm I'm really hoping to, to play there at some time, too. But, you know, uh, I've been so fortunate to have traveled the world since I was uh, a teenager and, and uh, you know, a lot of times we're too busy to see much, but we've been around the world a, a bunch of times. Uh, you know, it's funny that I haven't been to Key West in so long because I have such fond memories of it. And now that there's a cool place to play, I think it's great. I think you guys are going to get more and more cool shows and we're really excited to be there. And, and I think, uh, the audience is going to be a, a really cool blend of, of of fans, and it's going to be great. Well, no doubt. It's a great time of year, and you're going to fit the vibe here perfectly. And I think that Asheville and Key West connection that seems to be growing will be a great fit for that. You'll be a big ambassador because I'm already lobbying to get you back down here more, Warren, if you can't tell. so. <laughs> um, but also, speaking of which, we interviewed Derek Trucks. I know his name comes up a lot. He played down here not long ago, and people were blown away, of course, with he and Sue. Um, a buddy of mine who did that interview, he typically does these with me. He couldn't be here, Josh Mothner. He'll kill me if I don't ask you. I guess it's an inside joke. He's on his way to the Beacon in New York right now where, uh, where Sue and, and Derek are kind of finishing up the, the last of the residency shows. Um, I guess everyone always asks you that question up there. Are you going to show up for that? Or uh, is there going to be an appearance by Warren Haynes? I saw your schedule. I don't see how, but I've got to ask you that question. Well, yeah, no, I wasn't able to do it this, this year. I, I usually uh, do it if, if I'm around. And uh, this year it wasn't possible. But, you know, as a lot of our fans know, uh, Derek and I both played the Beacon like so many yeah. times. It's it, I think I can speak for him as well, saying it's kind of our 
home venue and the way that I played the I played the Beacon almost three hundred times. That's incredible. Uh, and Eric's got to be approaching that number uh, now uh, as well. Um, it's just uh, such a comfortable place. Uh, you know, you walk in the back door, you know everybody. It, you you lo- know the lay of the land. It's it's a cool old theater and and uh, yeah. So anytime we can share the stage together is always fun, and, and I, I look forward to the next time, which probably will be somewhere other than the Beacon. But uh, I, I know they're they're having a great run. I know fans live for that moment, and uh, and can't wait to see it when it does happen. I know you're going to be in Athens, I think tonight or tomorrow night. Everyone wants to know, always know if maybe the widespread guys will come out and play with you. But you've played with so many people, and so and and when we talk about the great, we can't talk to you and not talk about you and your legendary, not just your vocals, but your your named one of the top guitarists of all time, and, and deservingly so. BB uh, King gets put in there, and so forth, and some different names. But when these younger guys talk about who their influences are and who they look up to, your name is always in there. Um, and I know you stay busy, and I know you stay humble, but do you ever have time at this stage of your career to stop and appreciate that or let it sink in on how big of an influence you've been on these men and women? Well, well, you know, it's hard for uh, someone to gauge uh, the way other people feel about their music or, or their influence or something. I, I think about the people I grew up listening to and – the impact that those people had on me, if I can have one one thousandth of that impact on a young guitar player, then that's incredible. You know, when, when I think about all my heroes, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours just studying what they did, and that influence has stayed with me for, for all my life. Um, you know, uh, it's, it, it's a, an amazing thing to look at, at young musicians right now and a lot of the music they're listening to and a lot of the musicians that they're uh, learning from because in some cases it's a lot of the people that that we studied that i studied when i was a kid you know Mm -hmm. which uh brings us to like the government mule there are a lot of 14 year old kids showing up at government mule shows saying oh this is my first government mule concert but they're the same kids that are just now discovering Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin right. or Hendrix or the Allman Brothers. And that music is having the same impact on them that it did on us, and, and rightly so, because that was timeless music. you know. So I, I guess the moral of the story is just, uh, we all strive to make timeless music because I think that's what's most important. You don't follow the trends of the day. You try to make music that people will like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now. And do your best and do what's in your heart. You know? Well, and I know we're coming up on our time, and I want to be respectful to that, Warren. Um, I, I want to try and get maybe two more questions in with you, if that's okay, because you, you made I'm Absolutely. skip a bunch, I promise. But you made me think about something as you said that. There are those that argue that maybe you're one of the last immortal breed of guitar heroes uh, that we know out there. Uh, we talk about Bo Diddley and Hendrix and Stevie Ray and David Gilmore and on and on. Um, but some say maybe that those heroes will be lost as that, as those generations uh, move on. 
Um, do you see a younger generation, some names that stick out? I know Kingfish and Marcus King and guys like that. Do you think that torch can be carried by, by the younger generation the way you guys have done it? Yeah, I do. Uh, the, the two you mentioned and, and uh, Billy Strings, and there's there's tons of, of – uh, there's this girl, Celise Henderson, who is, is great. There's uh, so many good – not only guitar players, but musicians in general – on the horizon right now. And I think hopefully it's as important to them to keep acknowledging the history because that's really what it's all about. Whatever music you're listening to that you're digging and studying at the time, you can always trace it back to where it came from. Mm -hmm. And then you discover a bunch of great music that maybe you never heard before. So as long as, as musicians and fans continue to study backwards then it's going to all keep going. You know, I can't imagine a day where nobody knows who Jimi Hendrix is or, right. or no, nobody knew who B.B. King was or, uh, you know, and, and it's easier now because with the Internet and the access to information, you know, everything's at your fingertips. So uh, that generation has no excuse for not keeping the music alive. <laughs> Well, I'll finish with this question and get you moving. I know you've got a lot going on, but I always think about this, particularly with guys like you, and there's not many of you, it's pretty well documented that you picked up a guitar at 12 and started playing and then and what you did from there and who you toured with and played with. But do you, Warren, do you actually remember the first time you picked up a guitar and thought, I'm going to do this? Like, do you, do you remember that actual moment? Well, the first time I picked up a guitar at all was, I guess when I was 11, my oldest brother had an acoustic guitar and I would play it a little bit. And, you know, even then I had thoughts as, as kids have, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to be a great guitar player. I'm going to do this, you know, but then usually six months or a year later, you know, you change your mind and move on to something else. And, I just never did change my mind. I, I just kind of stayed with it. it it's, for whatever reason, it remained enticing to me, and, and, and I, I, I never wanted to, to stop. Um, I do remember somewhere around 14 uh, acknowledging that um, if, I, if, if I stick with it, I think I could be really good at this. Yeah. and. And, and once the first time I played live in front of an audience, then I was hooked because that feeling of playing to a live crowd is so addictive and uh, it's stimulating in a way that has absolutely no negative side. You know, it's uh, it's the greatest drug in the world. <laughs> I say it worked and, out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so once I experienced that, uh, I was like, yeah, this, this is what I want to do. So, uh, I started playing in bars and clubs and stuff when I was 14 years old and, and never looked back. Well, I know you're a Gibson guy. The comparisons with some of your heroes, uh, with Dwayne Allman and so forth, go on and on. And we, I, I could talk to you all day. And uh, selfishly, I could, but I know I need to let you go. We cannot wait to have you, Government Mule, come down here, the band, and see you play again I'd like to have you back here more. I'm going to see my, my buddy tonight, Nick Norman, who was just up not long ago in a studio with you 
and Lee Bryce and Edwin, Edwin McCain. There's some great songs you guys cut up there. And uh, oh, he, yeah. he said to tell you hello, but uh, I'm pitching that because let's get all you guys. They hang out here a lot. They play here a lot. Let's get all you guys back. And I promise you, we're going to show you a great welcome here in Key West for this show. And, and Warren, uh, can't be more honored and thankful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, man. Nice talking to you. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.